Thanks for checking out this message from River Valley Church in Boise, Idaho. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you. For more messages like this, make sure to check out our podcast. And for more content from River Valley, go to our website, rivervalleyboise.com. Enjoy this message. Uh, Today, I want you to open up your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter 2. And uh, last week, we looked at this reality of the Holy Spirit's work in us. And we talked last week about what it means to kind of be a witness. Um, Because we understand very clearly that out of of Acts chapter 1 talks about that when the Holy Spirit came on them, Jesus was saying, hey, this is preparing you to be a witness. Uh, and, And we are all witnesses in different spaces of our lives. Some people are a witness uh, because of the influence that God's given them in a work environment. Some people get to be a witness because they take the opportunity to when they're out to dinner and just being kind to maybe their host or a greeter or someone that's sitting next to them. We all have opportunities to be a witness, and some of those platforms come through us gathering together like this as well. Um, I got a really cool story from a friend of mine. How many of you know Pastor Joe Eisenbrand up at Mountain Life in McCall? Uh, Come on, how many of you actually? Okay, there you go. Uh, they're probably watching, so we should act like we kind of know them, right? Uh, Pastor Joe is an amazing friend. Him and I actually uh, talk together every week, pray for one another, talk about our, our families and just how ministry life is going. Um, and this week he got to share with me a story. Uh, they've, they've been doing church online uh, throughout the summer. And uh, at the beginning of the summer, our team actually got to help them build that platform and get ready for what was going on through COVID. And from that platform, uh, this last week, Joe got a call from two guys who had just moved to McCall, 40-year-old brothers that were up there doing some work, and they were watching Mountain Life online had never given their hearts to the Lord because of the invitation that Pastor Joe and their team presented to them online through an online platform. They gave their hearts to the Lord, and they're now sitting in church this week, building relationship, growing in family because of an online platform. Can we give God some praise for that? So there's lots of different ways that our life can be a witness, and some people have have told me, well, you can't do church online. And I just want to let you know, you can't. Like, you can't sustain your growth and relationship, all that kind of stuff, just simply by being online. But it can be a platform that is utilized as a witness for somebody to come to know Christ, right? We get to see that in some really tangible ways. And and I want to remind us as a church, we celebrate the things that are important to God. And the thing that God celebrates the most, we see this all throughout Scripture, is when a lost person finds hope in Him. This is the thing that causes all of heaven to rejoice. Now, the Bible teaches us as we gather together and worship that the angels join us in worship, and we're joining the angels around the throne and worshiping God. But the party that gets started in heaven happens because someone who is lost is now found. And I want you to know that's what a witness is all about. It's all about helping somebody who is is in life, struggling through the difficulties that surround them, get their eyes up a little bit and go, oh, this Jesus is who I need to know. And church, this is really why we exist as the body of Christ. And last week we talked about this witness and we talked about kind of what that looks like. And, And we saw the baptism of the Holy Spirit being poured out on the early church for a very specific reason. The Bible tells us that was so that they could go and be a witness in their day and age and in their time. And something really remarkable happened right after the baptism of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost happened with the early church. 
Something really wild took place, and it changed history, and specifically the city and the region that all these people were in. And, and here's, here's what happens is the baptism of the Holy Spirit happened, pour, was poured out on this group of people as they were seeking God together. No different than what we were doing today. No different than what you do in, uh, when we were gathered together in house churches. No different than what we do when we gather together in our small group environments. The presence of God just fell. The Bible says that there were tongues of fire upon their head or what appeared to be. And then something strange started happening. We talked about this last week. They started speaking in other languages, and it was really weird. It was really strange. It was not something that was normal for their environment, but something really incredible started happening. As they began to speak in these other languages, people who had traveled from all over the region were began to hear their language being spoken by people who were from a place called Galilee. They, there's no way that they would have known those languages. And it became a witness and a testimony to all these people who had gathered around, and they began to hear the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ presented to them in their language, and it changed everything in a moment. In fact, it actually caused some bewilderment to the people that were around them, and that's where we're going to pick up today, because we're going to talk a little bit about this promise that was given to the church, to the people of God. How many of you know when God makes a promise, He follows through with His promises? He's never once gone back on anything that he said he would do. And he promised the Holy Spirit through Jesus. If you remember back to Jesus' teaching, Jesus said, hey, I've got to go away so that the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, can come to you. And Jesus, as he was wandering around the earth for, for 50 days after he had died, he told the disciples, listen, you've got to go into this place, and I want you to hang out. And this is going to be a moment in time where history has changed. And Jesus said, wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit. An instruction from Jesus, I would say maybe even to us, if, if we're struggling in our lives or if we're wondering about this gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, just wait on Him. He'll come to you. And as they did that, something extraordinary took place. Acts chapter 2, verse 14, and this is Peter speaking here. Peter was, Peter, how many of you guys remember Peter. Peter was the mouthy one. Let's just be honest, right? Peter was the one that was always getting in trouble with Jesus. Peter was also the one that I think had a unique ability to carry boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Peter gets up in a moment right after the baptism of the Holy Spirit has taken place, poured out on this group of people, and they're out speaking in all these other languages. And here's what Peter does. Peter tries to help bring some understanding because everybody's going, what in the world is going on here? So Peter pauses for a moment. He says, hey, let me teach you for a second so that you can take and, and, and experience what God is wanting to do in your life through the understanding of the truth of his word. How many of you know that's a really good way to build your life? Come on now. We don't build our life on experiences. We build our life on the truth of God's word. And that's what Peter does. So Acts chapter 12 verse 14 says this, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles and shouted to the crowd. Shouted to the crowd. In other words, he wanted to get their attention. I want you to listen to this. He says, listen carefully, all you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk. Can I just tell you, I have been involved in church ministry for the majority of my life, and I have never once had to get up on the platform and say, hey, everybody, I just want, to, I want some clarity here. 
these people aren't drunk. But can I tell you, I'm actually looking forward to that time. I'm looking forward to that time. Because here's what I believe, and we're going to get into this here in just a second. I believe that there's a greater outpouring of God's Spirit that He wants to do in this day, even than He did in this time. And we're going to talk about this, this prophecy here for a moment. We're going to dive into it, but here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to move in our day and age, in our time. I believe that we live in the greatest time in history. Some of you are like, uh, are you watching the same news that I'm watching? No, I'm not. I'm not watching that news. I'm reading my Bible. And my Bible tells me that God wants to move powerfully in this day and age. And this is what Peter was explaining. Hey, understand, folks, I know this is weird. I'm, I'm just I'm paraphrasing Peter's thoughts here because everybody else thought it was weird. They thought they were drunk. And Peter's saying, hey, slow down, guys. These people aren't drunk. And then he goes on to explain here what is taking place. I love this. He goes on and says, these people aren't drunk, as some of you were assuming. Come on now. He goes on and says, it's 9 o'clock in the morning, and it's much too early for that. Can I get an amen to that? Come on now. I think they call it a hangover in that space. Not, that's not when people, anyways. Moving on, verse 16. No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. Wait a minute, Peter, what are you talking about? Peter now begins to build on the promise of God that was given hundreds of years prior to this through a prophet named Joel, which we know actually very little about in Scripture other than the fact that this prophecy came out of the book of Joel. And the book of Joel, Joel himself was speaking prophetically because God was speaking through him. The Spirit of God was speaking through him about something that was to come. Well, Tim, what is that? Let's keep reading. Verse 17, in the last days, God says, anytime you see anything in scriptures that says God says, can I just encourage you to do something? Listen. Listen. When God speaks, we want to listen. And this is, this is what transpires here. This is the promise of God through a prophetic word hundreds of years prior to this moment of Pentecost. It says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Everybody say all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on your servants, the men and the women alike, and they will prophesy. We're going to get to that here. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark. The moon will turn blood red before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. Uh, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter opens up scripture and says, guys, listen, this shouldn't surprise you. This was talked about long ago. This craziness that you think is people that are drunk, this is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is God's Spirit impacting people's lives in such a way that they look crazy town. And Peter's saying, hey, don't, don't mess this up with some temporal thing. Don't mess this up with some some." some alcoholic drink. Don't mess this up with, with something that in your mind you, you're trying to equate to something that you can put a definition to. Here's what Peter says. Peter says, go to Scripture and let it be defined by that. And he says this, this is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that God spoke about through Joel a long, long time ago. 
Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and we're not even going to go there, but I would love for you to go back and read the prophecy. It's word for word verbatim what God was trying to release into the people. And when it says that your sons and your daughters will prophesy, I want you to think about this for a second. Kiddos, I want you guys to listen for just a second because this is talking about you. That the Spirit of God is not reserved. Do I need to do something? I'm sorry, online, everybody. For those of you that don't know, when we're doing this online, when I'm standing up, because I'm six foot five, what they get is about my shoulders. So it's actually kind of fun. Online, just bear with us for a second. Um, it, it's kind of fun for me, but not so much fun for them. So I'm going to sit down. Hello, everybody. And we're going to go back into this. Prophecy is this beautiful word that Scripture gives us that helps us to unpack the word of the Lord being brought to humans. And here's what it says. I actually just went back into the Greek. New Testament was written in the Greek. And this week as I was studying, I went back into the Greek to read what it says. And here's what this word prophecy, specifically out of Acts chapter 2 and Joel chapter 2, the word prophecy, here's what it says. To declare truth by the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. That's what prophecy is. Oftentimes we want to make it this like mystical event. No, and here's what it is. I'm just going to read it, definition right out of Scripture here. It's the declaration of truth through the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit. So kids, listen to me. The Bible says, "Look, oh man, look at this. That, that's a tension right there. I'm going to come up. Oh, I can't. Sorry, guys. Um, scripture teaches us that kids... Parents, parents, listen up. Your sons and your daughters, I'm not making this up. This is scripture. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. In other words, your children that are sitting around you right now, adults, wake up. That God's going to put truth in their mouth that comes by the inspiration of his Holy Spirit working in and through them. Some of us, our faith is being stretched all kinds of different directions right now. Wait a minute, Pastor Tim. Are you saying that kids are going to speak for God? I am saying nothing. I am repeating to you Scripture. This is what God says. Remember, we started this out with, and God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. This is a, a beautiful calling from God and an invitation from God for us to believe for beyond what might be comfortable for us right now. I want us to watch a video real quick, short video, and it explains this space of prophecy that I want our hearts to, to grab a hold of and settle in. This is Pastor Matt Chandler. Go ahead and play that. When we talk about uh, the gift of prophecy uh, that we see in the scriptures, particularly uh, the New Testament, you, you'll find uh, people feel really strongly in a lot of different directions around the gift of prophecy. I do think what's clear in the text, the kind of imperatives that we see in the text, is that prophecy is something that we are to eagerly desire. Uh, it is something meant to build up the body, to encourage the body. Uh, we know it is something verbal, uh, that there 
there's some sort of insight that the Lord gives us, whether that insight is a picture or a word or a scripture. Uh, when we talk about prophecy, we know it from the Bible itself that we're not talking about specifically New Testament prophecy isn't the thus saith the Lord that we tend to think of in Old Testament prophecy. Uh, what we see in the New Testament is rather a gift given to build up the church and to encourage the church by imparting to a person uh, a word of encouragement that the Lord has laid on the heart of the hearer. It's to be practiced with great humility and great respect. It never stands in contrast with anything in the scriptures, but it is this personal touch from the Lord to a person's heart in a given situation where the Lord just reveals that he sees, that he knows, and that he hears, and that, that we're encouraged by this word of prophecy. It's not magic in that... Um, there are these people that are hyper-spiritual, more varsity-level spiritual than, than others. It's more just a gift given to the church to build up the church in, in a way where the men and women of God are encouraged and emboldened that God sees, hears, and knows them. Come on, isn't that such a good definition of prophecy? You know, all too many times, I love what he said there, all too many times we, we take prophecy and, and he used the word, the varsity level, right? Like it's, this is for super spiritual people. And I love how God goes, really? Because I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. It's like God pulls, pulls all of our preconceived human ideals about spiritual things and he really breaks through a barrier here. And this is where we're going to kind of finish our time together here today. What, what takes place in this moment when the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes and falls upon the early church, and remember it's promised to everyone who's to follow, so this isn't just something that they experienced. We, we covered that in week one of this, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for us, that the baptism of the Holy Spirit in this, this place of prophecy and, and these visions and these dreams that God wants to give to the church, at one point in time, we and specifically as we see throughout the Old Testament, that was really reserved for priests, for those who did the ministry in the house of God, and for a select few. And all of a sudden, Jesus dies on the cross. Salvation is opened up to all of humanity. And he tells them, hold on before you go do anything. I want you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life to be my witnesses. And it's for all people. Just by the way, it's for all people. And here's what's going to happen. When the the power of the Holy Spirit falls in you, you're going to be a witness, and your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy, then young men are going to see visions, and old men are going to dream dreams, and, and, and all these things are going to begin to take place because of the stirring, the inward working of the Holy Spirit in your life. And the early church is going, okay, we don't know what that means. We don't even know really what that looks like. But God, we trust you. And we trust the work of your Holy Spirit. So when they gathered together, their hearts were in a place of, listen to this word, faith. They were believing that God knew what he was doing through the structure that he had set up through the outpouring of his Holy Spirit. And as they encountered the presence of God together, something beautiful began to take place in the church. And here's what happened. Every wall and line and division was broken down by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not because, listen to me, some political leader got up and said, hey, we need to get rid of sexism or racism. Or No, no, no. God just speaks from heaven and says, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Kids, adults, men, 
Women, he goes on to say slaves, servants, employees, all of these things. God says, listen, my spirit isn't for a select group anymore. It's not for the priests in the temple. It's not for the holy of holies. You are the temple of God. My spirit lives inside of you. So what I want to do in the earth now can go anywhere and can be done through anyone. Too many times we hear in our culture that Christianity is so exclusive. It's this little group of people that gather together on Sunday mornings and they do these things. And can I just tell you, we've actually earned that reputation. But the true gospel, the message of the gospel, is actually the most inclusive message on the planet. Everyone, anyone. What did the last verse say? Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be what? Saved. Anyone. That means anyone qualifies from India to the United States, from the Philippines to Africa. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what language you speak. Doesn't matter what sex you are. Doesn't matter what what race you're from. Any of those things. The Holy Spirit is not a respecter of persons. And all too often in our hearts and minds, we, we actually function more like an Old Testament believer than we do a New Testament believer. Because a New Testament believer, and this is what I really believe the Spirit of God wants you to understand this morning, God did not put His Spirit in you so that you could come and listen to me preach on Sunday mornings. God did not put His Spirit in you and make the deposit that He has in you so that you could be silent in your workplace on Monday morning and hope that somebody else will be a witness and a light. That's not, that's not what the Spirit of God is for. The Spirit of God is beckoning you, is pleading with you, hey, let me shine through you. The Holy Spirit is, is willfully inviting us into this place of being a vessel that His Spirit can be poured out through. We talked about this at the beginning of the summer. Listen, look, look at me. We are not just consumers. We are contributors. A New Testament believer, a book of Acts church, is a church where each one of us recognize, man, we've got something to contribute into the lives of the people that are around us. Why? Because the Spirit of God lives inside of us. And that Spirit is gives us the power to be the witness that he's called us to be. Come on, church, that's a, that's a pretty amazing thing if we just stop and think about it. But all too many times we let our minds regress into the place of, no, I'm just going to come and be at church instead of I'm actually the church. And everywhere I go, the church goes. And everywhere I go, the Spirit of God goes. And everywhere I go, God wants somebody to know Him through the witness of my life. Church, that's what we're talking about here. Kids, that's what we're talking about here. Is that God wants to do something extraordinary through our lives. It's this beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, Alonzo, will you do me a favor? Will you look up Matthew chapter 5, verse 16? Tucker, where'd he go? Can you bring me the light, buddy? So here's the reality of the gospel, and here's the reality of the power of the Holy Spirit being placed in our lives. The Holy Spirit's work inside of you, woo, did anybody get that? Terry did, I know, because his eyes lit up. 
The work of the Holy Spirit in us should produce something that changes the environment that we are in. Much like this lamp. I love how everybody over here is like, that is so annoying. Yes, it is. You see, this light is a sweet light. It's, it's amazing. It's a cool tool. It's great. Should we shine over here so the rest of you guys can be blind? But here's the, here's the wonder of this light. Not Check out the sunglasses. You are brilliant. See, she knew. She, we talked earlier, and I told her, bring your... I didn't do that. This light is an amazing tool, right? When it's not plugged in, it does absolutely nothing. It takes up space. But when it's plugged in, it actually becomes useful for us. For some of you right now, you're like, could, could we be done with this illustration already? No, that's the point of the illustration with our lights. Because Matthew 5.16, Lonzo, can you read that really loud for us? What does it say there? I'm sitting back down because I know the people online just lost my head. Jesus speaking there says, hey, let your good deeds shine out. In other words, you're a light. Your good deeds should be something that other people see and it makes a difference in their life. But here's the problem. Way too many of us are trying to be followers of Jesus without being plugged into the Holy Spirit. And so what we're doing is we're running into this thing that is is our own ability, and we're coming to the end of that, and we're like, man, my life is just it's not making a difference on, on the people that are around me. It's really not, not having the impact like this annoying light is. And it's because way too many of us are trying to function as believers, as followers of Jesus, without tapping into the baptism, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so we're getting fatigued. We're getting tired. In fact, some of us have just altogether given up. I'm not going to be a witness, man. Every person I talk to just rejects me. Can we unplug that? Because these people over here are about ready to kill me. So when we talk about what Peter was talking about here... There's a power that the Holy Spirit brings into our lives that should make us shine differently than the people that we're around. Parents, I'm going to pose some questions for you, and we're going to get ready to break into our groups here in just a second. Parents, how many of us have the expectation that our children would be filled with the Holy Spirit and do exactly what the Scripture says that they can do, prophesy? That's your expectation. How many of us have that expectation for our old, own lives? Adults in the room. How many of you have the expectation? And, and the reason why I can say expectation is because when God says that it's a thing, it's a thing. So when God says, Terry Zuraf, I'm, I'm going to put you in the young man category. You're thankful for that, aren't you? There's some visions that God wants to give you in your life. There's some vision that God wants to pour out through your life. There's some things that God wants you to see that you can't see right now. Why? Because His Word says that. I'm not going to point out any elderly gentlemen in this room. But, fellas, you should be having some dreams, some things that wake you up in the night and go, oh, my word, that was from God. 
I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I, and I, love, I love the humor of God here, right? God gives old men dreams. Why? Because they need to take naps a lot. He just figures he'll meet them where they're at. Come on now. I'm one of those old guys I like a nap nowadays. Come on. Come on. But notice that God in this, in this prophecy that he declared, he breaks down every barrier and every wall and just says, hey, if you're going to be one of my kids, here's, here's going to be the natural outflow of your life. My spirit's going to fill you. And you're going to, young men, young ladies, you're going to have the prophetic gift of God moving through your life. You're going to see things and understand some things that you just didn't know before. You're going to have some dreams and some vision. Can I, come on, church. I'm trying to build your expectation of what God wants to do in your life. It's not just get up every morning, go to my job, do my job, come home, have dinner, watch TV, and go to bed. Can I tell you that's exactly what that is right there? It's just a lame light that's just sitting there, and it's really not even doing anything. I'm not calling you lame. I'm just saying... God has so much more for your life and your journey. And why? Because he's really serious about people who don't know him coming to find him. He's really serious about the hurting and broken and lost people around your life who desperately need to know the hope that comes through him. And so he said, hey, hey, I've, I've, I've put you in these environments so that your life can be a light. And listen, you're either plugged into the Holy Spirit and you're shining or you're hiding. And Jesus is inviting us, man, come on, lean into the prophetic word of the Lord. Joel spoke it hundreds of years before this was ever, ever brought into fruition. And I believe that we're living in the fruit of this right now in our lives. I believe that we are the generation that gets to carry the presence of God like no other generation that's gone before us. Tim, how can you say that? Because of God's word. It's not because of what I see. Can I be real clear about that? It's not because of what I see. It's because of what I know God's Word says about the times in which we live. So here's what we're going to do. We're going we're to break out into to groups, and we do this every week, and we're going to spend just a few minutes talking about a few questions that we're going to throw up on the screen, and I'm going to go over those here in just a second. And I want to encourage you to pray for one another. Some of you are like, man, this makes me so uncomfortable. I don't really pray for people out loud. I don't do that kind of stuff. Then can I just encourage you to be a part of a group and pray for one another while you're in these moments? Why? Reminder, uh, you're not a consumer. You are a contributor. Because the Spirit of God lives inside of you. So God has something that He wants to release in you and through you today to the people that you're gathered around. And you don't have any idea what God might want to do through you today. Can I tell you, the hundred and about 20 so people that gathered in the upper room, they had no idea what to expect. But God showed up and changed everything. So here's, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read out these questions, and then I'm going to dismiss our online church. So, so before we break out, here's, here's the questions that we're going we're gonna to tackle today in our discussion. Um, and, and questions that I really want to challenge you to take home with you this week and think through. So number one, do we believe God is faithful to his promise? Because remember, the prophecy of God, what God declares through the prophetic is his promise to us. So I want you to just settle that question. Do I actually believe the promise of God, and that is the promise of the Holy Spirit in my life and in my family. That's a good question for us to, to settle in this room this morning. Second thing is, if we are filled with the Spirit, do we believe that our kids can um, as well 
and that they can use the gifts, the prophecy, the things that God has already spoken about their life. Can I, parents, I just want to look you in the face because I'm a parent of six, so this scares me to death sometimes, right? But what God wants to do in and through my kids' life is greater than anything that I've ever dreamed of for them. And here's the reality. I could be the limiting factor for them experiencing God. Because God has put me as a covering in my children's lives. So my faith expectation for them could be limiting what they're experiencing of God in their life right now. If you don't believe me, start reading Scripture and your eyes will open up when you begin to see the impact that fathers and mothers have on their children and their experience with God. So parents, I'm asking you, do you believe that the Holy Spirit that dwells inside of you is the same Holy Spirit that dwells inside of your children? And that God can do extraordinary things. And here's where the rubber meets the road. Last question here. Here we go. Parents and grandparents. Grandparents, I threw you in on this because you need to speak this space into the hearts and lives of kids and the generation that's following you. Here's what it is. Parents and grandparents, are we more excited about our kids scoring a basket or getting good grades than hearing God and sharing His Word with the people that are around them? Man, I just felt the room go, come on. Hey. My kids play sports. My kids are in school. I expect them to do well in those spaces. Why? Because that's what God calls us to in the stewardship of our life. I'm not saying that your kids should not be in school learning. I'm not saying that your kids shouldn't score a basket or a touchdown or whatever's going on in their life. But here's what I am saying. If we elevate those things above our kids learning to hear the voice of God in their life and function in the gifts of God in our life... I might be asking you this morning, and me as well, to recalibrate what we think is important in our children's lives. Because what God says, nowhere in that prophecy does He say, and your sons and your daughters will score touchdowns. Nowhere does He say, and your kids will be highly educated. He doesn't say those things. And those, not saying that those aren't things that God has for our families, but what he's saying is the priority is that when the Spirit of God falls on people, they should prophesy. They should hear the voice of God and know what to do with that. So parents I'm, I'm, and grandparents today, we want to change the expectation level of what we're believing for and modeling to our children. Why? Come on, let me remind you. Because the Scripture teaches us to. Amen? All right, so let's break into our groups. Online church, I'm asking you to just take a few moments, process through these questions as well for you. Maybe write them down in your journal this week and and let them be a part of what guides you as you head into this week. God bless you guys. We love you. Thanks again for listening to this message. Do you know someone who'd be blessed by it? Make sure to share it with them this week.